Dad, I love you, and I appreciate you so much, and my ski career wouldn't be where it is today without you. And to all the other dads in skiing, I hope you feel appreciated. I, and it's tournament season, so I hope you have a great tournament weekend, Dad. <laughs> ski. ski or die. 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 Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Montavon. And I'm Stevie Island. And for those of you who are new to the Ski or Die show, we do have some rules. You have to pay your dues to hang out with us. So if you learn anything today on this episode, if it inspires you, makes you feel some sort of way, you've got to pass it along to somebody else who you think could benefit. That's all we ask. We're an organic show. We don't run ads. So we need your help to grow ski or die so little life update just because i have a good update uh last weekend i skied a four-round record at um hope lake ski club which is in hope sound florida north of west palm and i pb'd twice Yay. <laughs> you skied very well thank you i um pb'd the second round on saturday i ran three at 39 my previous PB was two and a half at 39 and then the first round on Sunday I ran three and a half and I I don't know Chet thinks I couldn't have turned four ball I think I should have done literally anything like my competitive brain was like s turn the four ball and take the whole four ball and my like Chet brain was like you need to turn this and just go for five and if you die you die and I, I did neither of those things I stood there I just stood there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wish I'd just turned it and gotten a whole four, but that's okay. Three and a half is another PB. Um, and that was a great tournament. Um, if you've never been to Hope Sound Ski Club, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, it's owned by a guy named Ed Hickey, who we know, and it, it literally could not have been designed or built more perfectly, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's like a textbook perfect site. I mean, it could have more protection. True but it's palm trees, so there's less protection, but it's so beautiful. Oh God, it's, I mean, who does, I think it's Radar and Nautique have done photo shoots there recently, maybe on the other lake. I know Radar has. Yeah, but it's just recently that beautiful. this winter. Yeah, it's, it's stunning. Um, so yeah, that was a great weekend, and Stevie ran into 39 again on the last round, saved it for the 11th hour. <laughs> well, I swapped skis the last round. He did, he mounted up a different ski for the fourth round. First um, time I've ever done that in tournament <laughs> you haven't lived until you've thrown on a different ski in a tournament and it worked it did crazy yeah it was really good it was um it's a fun weekend and it was it was windy so it was cool to see you get to 39 again and some wind thanks very cool um other life things i've been having a lot of fun with tiktok lately so you've been blowing up on tiktok i yeah it's it's been really fun the people of tiktok either know about water skiing which is like amazing or they like didn't know it existed, 
I don't know. It's it's a different world. Yeah, it's less saturated. And Chelsea and I were, uh, Chelsea Mills was at Chess this morning and we were talking while you were skiing and we were talking about your social media prowess and how good you are at social media marketing and all of that. And oh, I was sweet. telling her, like, oh yeah, Elizabeth just got on TikTok like basically yesterday and it's already blown up with hundreds of thousands of views on the platform. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world. People are like very supportive on TikTok or they're like vengeful. <laughs> Online comment sections are terrifying. Yeah, but if you want to check me out on TikTok, my handle is at Elizabeth Montavon, like everything else. But um, it's been fun, like explaining to people how Psalm works, like what 15 off actually means. I sent that instructional video you did to yeah. my coworker who was asking about it. Did it make sense? Yeah, you oh, got it. Yes. Yeah. See, we have to give credit to um, that comedian, Bob Marley, because he was like, just explain it. This is how long the rope is. It's this many feet. Shouldn't have to do math. <laughs> it's pretty basic arithmetic. I, mean, come I on. know, but it was like today I was skiing and Chet was like, Elizabeth, you know, two's better than one. If somebody gets one and you get two, you win the tournament. And I was like, thank you for reminding me. That's the order of numbers. <laughs> Oh, God, you must think I'm such a blonde. But anyway, the real reason for this episode is it's Father's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, water skiing is mostly a male-dominant sport, which means Father's Day. It's a big deal. It's a big deal in a sport. <laughs> <laughs> and we're skiing another tournament um, tomorrow at Okihili. It's a three-event tournament. Um, so there's going to be a lot of dads there. And, I mean, we all know ski dads. They're probably pretty happy to be spending the weekend at a tournament. But that being said, I wanted to share a little bit about my dad, because um, I think a lot of you really don't know my dad. Um, he didn't grow up a skier. Um, that being said, he skied like once or twice on a, in a summer. His aunt and uncle lived on a lake, but you know, my dad grew up on a farm. He had eight siblings, um, and skiing is very much a, a luxury, um, not a necessity. So that was something he never had, and I think people always think because of how involved he is in my skiing now, that he was a skier, but he was very much not. Um, and by the time he met my mom, my mom had already retired the first time from skiing because <laughs> she'd won everything and done everything. So when they met, he had no idea that she was a water skier and that whole, all the baggage that comes with being a water skier, right? And um, when he found out, a while after they got married, he was like, this is awesome. And he went and bought a new Mastercraft and brought it home because they lived on a river and he's like, you're skiing again. <laughs> and you know, he somehow learned to, as a non-skier, learned how to drive, pin, and time trick runs for my mom who was a ridiculously good skier. He learned how to train her, which I just think is fascinating, right? It is, yeah. And, back, and it was hand driving back then. That's crazy. On a river with boats and jet skis wow. and logs and you know, just, it's insane. Um, and he learned to ski and he learned to wakeboard. He didn't really compete. I think he skied once as a novice and like competing wasn't for him. He did not, you know, like they say you got like a taste for blood. Okay, he tried the blood and he was like, no, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, that being said, um, he was always very instrumental in our skiing, but I don't think he really ever got the credit he deserved. And I think that really holds true for a lot of dads in this sport. You know, um, I'm from Illinois, so when we'd go to ski school, we were going to Florida. We were always going somewhere south. 
And my dad um, worked for ComEd, which is a, owned by Exelon. So it's the power provider across a lot of the Midwest. And he was uh, what was called a materials handler. Still don't know what that means. Um, he's explained it to me a million times. Pretty sure he actually worked for the CIA and this was like a cover job because none of this really makes any sense. But he was a materials handler. And um, basically if there was a big storm, um, people were usually out of power. And so he'd get called out. And he worked a lot of overtime. He worked, you know, when they called him out. And um, I remember many a time being at ski school and my mom would say, hey, you know, your dad called and there was a storm and he worked a bunch of overtime. And that means we can afford to keep you at ski school a little bit longer. Like, do you want to do that? And I mean, when you really think about it, he got nothing out of it. That was all for our benefit. He wasn't even there to go to the beach after we were done at ski school for the day. He was in Illinois working so that we could be at ski school um, kind of without hesitation as a non-skier to top it all off. I mean, what dad does that, you know? And I mean, he just really doesn't get enough credit for how much of a sacrifice he really made for us to be able to ski. Not that skiing is a necessity, but as a skier, you know how much like we love it. You know, it, it completes us. It adds a, a whole facet of um, skills and a community to our lives. And he really made that possible for me. And I'll be damned, he's still dragging my ass up and down the lake every day. <laughs> um, and he doesn't, he never wants attention. He does not want um, credit for what I've done with my skiing, what my mom has done with her skiing, what, you know, my brother's career. He, he never asks for credit. He's not that kind of guy to show up to a tournament and make sure everybody knows he's there. And he really doesn't. He just, he likes being with his family. He likes when we ski good. And when he's ready to leave the lake, he'll leave the lake. And if he does open his mouth, it's probably going to be really funny, slightly offensive. It might be a joke at your expense, but you know, Bill's retired and he's just very happy being down here. And I, I'm, that makes me so happy that he's happy, but I'm so grateful that he still wants to be part of my skiing after how much he sacrificed for how many years he still wants to be involved. And I just couldn't be more grateful. And I know that he's not the only dad out there who has sacrificed a lot for their kids to have a chance at something, whether it be skiing or a different activity or um, something, you know, education-wise, career-wise, whatever it may be. And as a sport where there's a lot of dads, I hope that on this Father's Day weekend, all the dads, you know, feel appreciated for everything they've sacrificed. And, and the non-dads, you know, Chet doesn't have any kids, but, you know, you and I always joke that he's like our, our other dad outside of our dads. And, you know, if you're not a dad, but you're still a guy who loves people and you help people. I hope you feel appreciated today. You know, I have a lot of stories about my dad and skiing that um, I just think it's so funny as a non-skier how much of an impact he's had on this sport. I remember a Nationals at Okihili. Um I was girls three, and I think I must have been new to girls three because Erica Lang was not 
I was not competing against her, so she was still in girls too. Because we were enough years apart that I always got to have a couple years in a division before she showed up and started winning everything with her 30 flips. And I was not top seed. I was like third seed. But Caroline Hensley, who was top seed, was out of the country competing in something else. And second seed was Poochie, was Lauren Morgan. She had, like, had a phenomenal trick year that year. Like she was just crushing it. And I think she sprained her ankle in jump practice. So like I was top seed overnight. Like we were practicing in the neck that, that night. My dad looked at the running order to figure out what time to be at the lake. And he was like, you're top seed. And the reason that was such a big deal is if you win boys or girls three at U.S. Nationals, you get qualified for junior masters. So my parents were like, you, if you stand up and you win this, you get to go to junior masters. And so it wasn't a thing where we were like working for junior masters for three months, six months, a year. It was literally like the night before nationals. They were like, do you want to go to junior masters? Cause you've actually got a shot now. And I was so nervous and my mom was so nervous and my, they were like, who are you more comfortable having pinned for you? And I was like, my mom is so nervous and I'm so nervous. I said, I feel like I need somebody who's like a little more level. And so I had my dad pin for me and we were, I was on the back of my boat down in the hole by the BMX park. Like I remember this like it was yesterday, which is so funny because we're going to go ski there tomorrow. And I sit on the back and I mean, I was just, I was so nervous because it was like, I could win this nationals. It'd be another nationals, but I could go to junior masters. And my dad was sitting on the back of the boat with me and I remember looking at him and I said, I can do this. And he was like, okay. And I think I said that more for myself. I wasn't trying to like reassure him because I mean, the way my dad is, he's like, hey, whatever happens, it happens, you're gonna live, you know? The last LCQ that he came with me to, I didn't ski well and he just, you know, came down and sat next to me on the shore and put his arm around me and he's like, there's gonna be another tournament, you'll be fine. So it's very Bill-like, you know, but I stood up, I think. I think I stood up because I won and I got to go to Junior Masters and that was really cool. But, you know, he's just always been right there. He, I mean, he has always, he's always showed up. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to do the work for you. He's not going to save your ass. But, I mean, he's always been there. And I feel like you have a really great, I've kind of dominated this. I feel like you have a really great dad too. You know, I've only known Dave for so long, but I mean from afar it's very clear how much like he loves you and how much he wants you to to ski well not just for the sake of scores but because like he knows you have potential and he just loves watching his kids succeed and i mean he's he's another example of a ski dad Mm -hmm. yeah so to give a little background on dave island um otherwise known as disland on ball of spray famously apparently (laughs) oh my god yeah i didn't know dave was ball of spray famous when i started dating stevie and then like i was on ball of spray one day and i saw disland and i was like that's weird (laughs) (laughs) but uh he was uh he you know flew jets in the navy and he was an athlete growing up uh you know, held the state record for back squat in his age group um, in Connecticut. And he won states with the football team. And he was a very uh, successful athlete in his youth. And he surfed all over the world when he was in the Navy. And when he got moved to Dallas for a job, I was four, he got landlocked. 
no surfing in Dallas, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So he picked up water skiing. We had water skiing before a bit, but we started getting into it as a serious, almost competitive sport at that point when I was around four years old. <laughs> and we bought a lot on Princeton Lakes, uh, Gordon Hall development, and the rest is kind of history. And he was always my coach growing up. But he had started skiing at 40. So, I mean, those of you listening probably understand how difficult that is. I started skiing when I was four. So I have, like, you know, there's a very stark difference there. Uh, when you learn as a kid, you, you pick it up a lot easier. And, you know, I had my own successes in the sport, and it was cool. But <clears throat> one thing I will say is that and Dave agrees with me on this, is that water skiing is really cool because it puts you, especially as a kid, in this situation where you have to socialize with both adults and the youth, your peers. You have to compete against your peers, your friends, and you have to compete at a very high level. So when you're sitting on the dock at regional or nationals, it's a high-pressure situation no matter who you are. I mean, people will lie and say, oh, I'm not nervous, whatever. I mean, it's total bullshit. You're nervous, you know, and you have to deal with that. And doing that with that as a kid, I always valued it so much. And I was always really appreciative that Dave had gotten me in this sport because it really matured me and it, you know, made me a better person in general. I was able to deal with high-pressure situations and I was able to socialize more easily just because I was in water skiing in the summers. And I don't know, you uh, had some stories. I guess I'll give some anecdotes. Oh. I have a lot of hilarious anecdotes that are like probably a detriment to his reputation <laughs> <laughs> that well, I shouldn't share just because they're funny. No, I mean, we all have good, we all love like a good ski dad story. I mean, so my first year competing, um, this is a good one. I don't even know if you know this. So my first year competing, I did not understand how good I was in my age division. Like I had no concept of ranking lists or any of that stuff because I was eight. So my when I started competing in tournaments my mom was really nervous and she's my pin person right she would get really nervous and like I didn't really understand why at the time because like there was potential there and it got to the point where like she was so nervous she's like I can't pin for you so my practice pin person was my mom so then in tournaments I had my dad right and I was a kid and the last thing you want is for your kid, which kids are idiots, is to start their run too early or too late. And this was the old trick course where, okay, currently, well, at least the newer international one, they drive through two gates and you start just any time after that. Mm-hmm. The previous system was when there was two boat buoys um, on the same side of the boat and you had to start between the two of between them. Between the two buoys, yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember that. And... I had really bad vision as a kid. I didn't actually have glasses or contacts yet. When I was eight, they didn't figure out that I was blind yet. But starting between the buoys was like hard for me. So my dad was like, how do you want me to tell you when to start? And it needed to be something really distinct so like he wouldn't do it on accident. I'd mistake it, right? So he was like, how about I just stick my tongue out? when I want you to start? <laughs> <laughs> and I wish like you guys could see me because it was like this. It was. Like, it was so obnoxious. Oh, my God. And so my first nationals in Texas, Houston, Texas, 
I don't know why all I really remember is the start to both of my runs because I was waiting for my dad to stick his tongue out so I would know, okay, I can start now. Why wouldn't he just put a hand up or something? Because, like, what if he accidentally raised his hand? Why would you accidentally raise his hand? I don't know. <laughs> he, he wanted it to be unmistakable. Like, yeah. something you, he, you can't miss. So... <laughs> And I'm sure the camera person in the boat was like, what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. going on with girls' one tricks? Woohoo! <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, that's like, that's one of our favorite things is that old story. And then, so my dad has back problems um, from playing football in high school. Mm-hmm. And just really never got it, like, looked at. By the time he got it looked at, it was kind of too late. So he's always had back pain. And for anybody who's had back pain, which is like this entire sport... There's a type of back pain where the only thing that feels better is laying down on the ground, like flat. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Just kind of like laying on hard ground just to kind of like take the gravity off of your spine, like downward. Mm -hmm. So like after a long day at a tournament, it's probably at Okahili Nationals, I'm thinking of it. So it's like hot, you're tired, you've been walking around this goddamn lake carrying like eight different skis, trying to coordinate practice, doing all the shit, right? My dad's back hurts. So we get back to the hotel and he goes to like lay down on the floor on on his back to kind of just like decompress his spine. And he was so tired, he just fell asleep on the hotel floor in his like tournament outfit. And my mom and I were like, do we like wake him up? And I was like, let him sleep a little longer. I'm like, but we have to get dinner. He's gonna be mad if he doesn't eat. He's gonna be mad if we wake him up. <laughs> Such a dad thing. Oh, but I just remember like, I think my mom took a picture of it. I gotta find that picture. Just like him like starfish on the hotel floor, just like asleep. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's probably like four o'clock in the afternoon, like. <laughs> That's amazing. But I wanna hear some Dave's stories. Some Dave stories? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you're putting me on the spot here. How about at Chet's when Chet had to like one arm pull him out of the lake? Oh god. Yeah, we were training at Chet's one summer and I was a kid. I was probably like nine or ten or something. And Dave goes out to slalom. I don't know what binding he was using, but he clips a buoy and he just dislocates the shit out of his ankle or foot or whatever it was. I think it was his foot. And it was so gnarly. It was so bad. And so Chet like lands the boat on shore. You know, he like totally like drives up, beaches the boat is the word. (laughs) And he picks Dave up and Dave was like a big guy at the time. You know, now he's kind of thinned out a bit, but he, I mean, he was a hefty dude and he throws him over his shoulder and he's like, you got Tracy. You got to bring him to the hospital. Luckily, my mom was there, and he <laughs> throws Dave into the truck, and he props his ankle foot thing that looked like an alien species up on the dash, and I get into the back of the car, kind of freaked out, and we're driving to the ER, and Dave's like in horrible pain, obviously, because it was like it was really bad, and I remember seeing it. And it was so disgusting that I had to have my mom pull over and let me out, and I walked back to Chet's. Because I, like, was going to pass out if I kept being in that fucking car. And <laughs> just, like, nine-year-old Stevie walking the streets of Boca. Yeah, literally. That's, like, all I think of. Yeah. I was, like, through the whole park. I had to walk basically the whole park back because I just couldn't handle the grossness that I had just witnessed. 
But, you know, he recovered. It was fine. That's, like, such a ski dad story is got, like, so injured. Like, and I've seen the scars on his foot. Like, I can't imagine what it looked like at the time. Wasn't the bone sticking out? Yeah, it wasn't out of the skin, but okay. it was, like, mangled. And he still fucking skis to this day. Yeah, of course. Like, threw on a ski again. And jumps and tricks and all this. It's insane. Every day. He was... Every day, and he, uh, you know, crushed around the tournaments the rest of the year. Oh my god! For me, so that was nice. Oh my god! But another thing that Dave would do is he was really good about like mental aptitude, and he would read up on that. And every single time before I skied, he would come down, and he wouldn't. I always loathed those fathers that would hang around the starting dock when their kid was about to ski. I always thought that was kind of rude to the skier because it's like it's hard to deal with that presence mm-hmm. right before you get in the water to go ski. Mm-hmm. And so I always told Dave, you know, I don't want that. And he was super respectful of that. And he would just come down. I was stretching. It would be five minutes before I ski, whatever. And he'd say, take out the trash. And then he'd walk the shore. And that's from a movie called Peaceful Warrior and <laughs> that he made me watch. But... <laughs> It was it was nice. It was like, okay, take out the trash. You're right. We do the same thing every time. Just take out the trash and just be in the moment, be in the zone, be in the present. And, you know, we're trying to get me in that flow state. But that was always cool. That is cool. Yeah, my dad, so my mom was usually the one who hung around the starting dock. My dad would kind of like walk down the shore because he, he would get nervous like when we actually skied. It's kind of funny because like he always seemed more level, but he would get nervous and he kind of walked down. But... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I was just so lucky. Tournaments, practice, like, whatever. Because, like, my dad can fix anything. So our joke in our family is, like, my dad can fix it with, like, a paperclip and a popcorn kernel. So it's, like, our joke is, like, you can give dad nothing and he'll fix it. (laughs) I've seen it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and so, I mean, like, whatever it is, like, he's always... And he, he enjoys, like, just, like, figuring stuff out. But, you know... We'd be at tournaments, and if he saw anybody struggling with something, because there's just some dads who are not good at fixing things, you know, mm-hmm. and some people just don't have somebody with them who they, they, they go alone. I mean, my dad, he'll help, you know, not, and not for attention, you know, because he'd rather kind of do his own thing. But then again, he's, he'll say, like, he wants to be left alone, but I'll be damned. Like, he's helping people. The number of tournaments where he has pinned for somebody in a tournament that he just met for the first time is, like unbelievable oh that's nice yeah and he'll help anybody fix anything i think something i learned from that you know is in tournaments even though they're your competitors you see somebody who's struggling like with a piece of broken equipment or they're about to do something like they're about to go ski without a bib which will disqualify them right if you have the part and you can help or the tool or you know you can help them fix it you really should because not everybody has as my mom says not everybody has a bill (laughs) <laughs> you know, to help him out. And, I mean, we both know what it's like to be on a starting dock. And, if, oh, my God, when you have an equipment malfunction and it's your turn to go, it's like an extra pair of hands is just peace of mind. And, I mean, most people have somebody at a tournament with them. But, you know, you got to help people out when you can. And not for the glory of it. Just if you're yeah, smart enough my, to help people out, <laughs> help them out. Dave kind of has a similar resolve to Bill when it comes to that type of thing. He definitely doesn't want to be in the spotlight getting credit for anything so that's kind of cool that our dads kind of share that like they're willing to volunteer and be super helpful and be productive uh but they're not you know requiring to get credit or get something back in the meantime yeah which is cool it's really too bad that my dad doesn't want to 
any credit because I think his commentary at like a pro event would be golden. Oh, God. <laughs> he would get kicked off real fast. <laughs> um, and it's also too bad that as good of a driver he is, he doesn't want to be a tournament driver because, I mean, I think he's a pretty good pole. But that's another thing. He really doesn't care about the glory of being a good pro driver. There's just so much he doesn't give a shit about. And it's awesome. It's very inspiring. <laughs> but um, anyway, we kind of got way off track. We wanted to just share some appreciation for our dads and all the dads of water skiing and some stories. And I'm sure there's a lot of stories that if we really started thinking about it, we could come up with that shouldn't be shared. <laughs> but um, dad, I love you and I appreciate you so much. And my ski career wouldn't be where it is today without you. And to all the other dads in skiing, I hope you feel appreciated. I, and it's tournament season, so I hope you have a great tournament weekend, Dad. <laughs> cheers to Bill Montavon and Dave Island. Water cheers, because of the lame. Yeah, we'll get tournament in the morning. To Bill and Dave. God, that is the most, like, middle-class, white dude names I've ever heard in my entire life. Bill and Dave. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Stevie. All right, guys, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Ski or Die, shoot me a text at 561-468-3603, and we'll get you added to the community.